0: Hi there, this is weird. Um, (laughs) I'm James, and welcome to Deleted Scenes. Now, you're probably wondering, what is this? Well, it's a podcast. And what's the podcast gonna be about? It's gonna be about movies, because as many people who know me know, I obsess over movies. I am just a cinephile, I am a movie buff, a fanatic of film. (laughs) But um, yeah, uh, it's been one of my favourite things to just do and talk about, And I love everything about film. I love the way they're made. I love watching them. I love reviewing them. And um, this is sort of the result of a few things, which I will go over briefly. (laughs) So, first of all, I have a YouTube channel called Post Credits Gym. That's why the title of this is (laughs) Deleted Scenes with Post Credits Gym. Because this is going to be an auxiliary podcast, which may end up becoming my main thing, and taking over as the primary slot, because, um, yeah, I have a YouTube channel, I haven't posted on it too much, but I plan to change that in the future, I plan to try and put up stuff as much as I can, and what stuff is going to be on it? It's going to be movie reviews, it's going to be talking about film and stuff, because, boy do I love film, as I said, and, um, yeah, the one thing with that is, my videos tend to be, or the ones I have anyways, they tend to be 7 to 15 minutes long, And it's a highly edited, jump-cut review of films, so I've reviewed stuff like Tenet and Knives Out. And, um, yeah, uh, they're really, really fun. But the one thing people don't see is, behind the scenes, editing-wise, there is over an hour of footage for each of those videos, despite them being quite shorter in length. And the reason for that is, I love to ramble. I can't stop talking when I'm on a roll, so that tends to be a problem when it comes to the edit because I can't have a big hour-long video of me just rambling away about a movie. But that's where the podcast comes in. So this is going to be my rambling outlet. It's going to be the place where this is probably still got me a bit edited here and there, because I'm probably going to forget what I'm saying and need to re-record stuff, or I might just zone out and start staring off into space and need to cut out an awkward silence or two. But this is going to be my show where I just ramble about movies, and about why I like them, why I hate them sometimes, and yeah, movie stuff. And the second reason I've wanted to do this is because I take part in a college radio show on uh, the DCUFM Twitch channel, and uh, it's called Tomfoolery. It's made up of so many crazy amazing people, like I love having conversations with those guys every Friday from two to three. (laughs) It's just... um. We, we just talk a lot of fun stuff, we just have a lot of banter, and it's great, and um, we enjoyed it so much that we made our own podcast called the Tomfoolery After Party Podcast, now, make sure to look that up as well, there's a new episode every Monday, you'll hear more of me on that, <laughs> and you'll hear the actual cool people of that podcast, but uh, you know who you are, <laughs> if you're listening, hello, hopefully I can have you on this at one stage, if this if this comes out, if this sees the light of day and you're now hearing it for some reason, hello! This is a solo podcast, so already I'm off to a bit of a weird start. I'm not used to talking to myself. Well, I am used to talking to myself, especially when I try to record videos. Podcasts tend to work a lot better if there are multiple people, because there's no one currently I'm bouncing off of besides the wall in front of me. But um, we're going to just see how this goes, to be honest. My hope would be, if this does well, I'd like to be able to get guests on, whether it's people I know Probably just people I know I don't know anyone famous going <laughs> to think of it but yeah um and we might just have a few little weird conversations if all goes well I might try and do that um but for now you're just stuck with me it's just gonna be me chatting away and uh, we'll just see how we go because we're five and a half minutes in on my little timer here I'm probably gonna edit stuff out but we're, we're five minutes in right now and um I still haven't gotten onto my topic so we're, we're having a few ground pains, but we'll get there, you know, we will be fine. So the topic at hand, anyways, is the cinema, because, dear God, I miss the cinema so much. If you're listening to this after the COVID-19 pandemic, what's it like? I really want to go to the cinema. <laughs> yeah, but currently, the past year has been really rough. There's been a lot of things I've missed out on, a lot of cool people I want to meet in person that I can't. And, of course, the least important thing, but something that still annoys me greatly anyways, I'm not allowed to go to the cinema because they're all closed. Yeah, so I basically wanted to just do an ode to the cinema and why I love it so. Some of my favourite moments from it and just stuff like that. So I have a little list here that we're going to go through together. (laughs) But, um, yeah, we'll just see how this goes. Now, before COVID, I used to go to the cinema quite a lot. It used to be one of my favourite things to do. Because honestly, the cinema is probably my favourite place in the world. That's probably strange for some people to hear. It's a little dark room where you eat sweets and you watch a movie on a big screen. But there's just something magical about it. Because as I said, I love films so much. So to be able to just go somewhere specifically to experience a new film, it's just so fun. And I miss it dearly, I really do. So, as I said, we used to go regularly, I used to go to a pack of friends. We'd have this ritual, it used to be so much fun. So we'd all meet up on the bus, we'd fly up to the local, well, local enough um, shopping centre where there's a cinema, and we'd, first of all, we'd run up as fast as we can, we'd get tickets to see whatever movie we're seeing. After that, we would run down, back to near the entrance, and uh, there's this discount shop where we can buy a bunch of sweets for real cheap. And we just fill our little rucksacks with them. And, I mean, everyone sneaks sweets into the cinema. It's, it's a fact. <laughs> so we do that. We then uh, go somewhere like McDonald's or KFC or something like that. Have a great just sort of meal and just chat away and stuff like that. And then we go up and we watch a movie in the cinema. And I miss that so much. That used to be my favourite thing to do. Because it would really get us all meeting up together. and just Because like, that's the thing. Meeting up with people is half the reason I liked going to the cinema so much. But, um... Yeah, so we'd go to the cinema, and that's what I'm saying. The atmosphere was amazing. I, I I never thought I'd miss the sticky floor of the cinema, but I do. I miss the sticky floor. <laughs> I miss the light-up steps as you go up and try and find your seat. I miss not knowing where my seat is. I miss popcorn under my chair and, like, the expensive sweets that we didn't buy because we snuck sweets in. <laughs> and, yeah, there's just... A lot. I even miss, remember those um, big scary ads that used to terrify children where they'd have the big loud noise, whether it's wide-eye media or it's like the big, I forgot. it's like a big forged hammer thing and loads of sparks and everything like that. The things that used to scare the ever-loving crap out of me as a child, like those advertisements. I miss those stuff. And it's just, yeah, there's a vibe that has just been missing in my life now for the past while. And I desperately want it back. The cinema's an amazing place. There's just so much I miss about the cinema. Yeah, it's just like it feels like something that I used to just it was something that I nearly sort of relied on going to every now and again just to yeah, see new movies for one thing, but then as I said, yeah, so hang out with people and just do stuff. And the lack of that being there now has definitely been weird. It's been it's been weird, to say the least. And then there's like other things where it's like so for instance. I used to collect, and I still technically do, it; just haven't been able to, I collect tickets for every time I go to the cinema. So, I have this huge box. It goes all the way back to, like, 2017. Every single film I've ever seen from 2017 to, like, yeah, early 2020, I have in that box, like, ticket-wise. And, yeah, it's just been so weird. I was so excited at the start of 2020 because the first film I saw... Properly in cinemas was Parasite, and that's my favourite film of all time now because I absolutely loved it. Yeah, so that was the first in what I was hoping would be a huge collection of 2020 tickets. That clearly didn't happen. I saw one other film, I saw Tenet, which was great, but yeah, it's kind of sad when you look at the rest of the tickets I have. I must go through them again sometime on the podcast if this does take off. But, um, yeah, like, there's just, that's the thing. It just feels like a huge part of my life. It didn't feel huge at the time, but yeah, now that I don't have it, the huge part of my life has just sort of been missing the past while. To sort of move this on to something a bit cheerier, I wanted to talk about my favourite moments of being in the cinema because there have just been some real, like, standouts in my time going to cinemas that have just stuck in my brain and are always things I'll look back at really fondly because they're just such fun and cool experiences that I'll always be able to hold on to and when I look at my ticket box I can look back and I can go I remember that I remember what happened there and like I remembered the emotion that I felt or the occurrence that happened you know it's just I, I miss that sort of stuff so let's go through a few of them now these aren't in any particular order and they're literally just some sitting here looking at my ticket box that I just Oh my god, like, they just sort of, yeah, they're some of my favourite movie moments of all time. So, first off, I'm gonna get the obvious one out of the way. Seeing Avengers Endgame in cinemas on the first day, the first screening, that is one of the best days of my life. (laughs) I know it sounds a bit weird, but, oh my god, that was just, it was an experience. It was beautiful. (laughs) It was everything I've come to love about Marvel movies over the past 11 12 years and it just was everything i hoped it would be so the film itself oh my god i love that film so much it's one of my favorite marvel movies of all time because you know i stuck with that series like i started with iron man when that came out when a friend introduced me to the mcu before it was the mcu <laughs> and um yeah so i've been watching those films since i was like 8 and going to the cinema seeing every single one that came out and I grew to love these characters and I grew to know these characters and then to see it all come to an end and to see like yeah at the time 11 years worth of films pay off it was just it was so cool not to mention the fact that um, that year I would turn 18 so it was sort of like it was like closing a chapter on my life if that makes sense it was I don't know there was something about it that just felt very monumental very important And it was a really good full stop on the MCU. Obviously, it's continuing on now. Next week, I'm probably going to talk about WandaVision, (laughs) to be honest with you, because I love that show so much. But um, yeah, there was just something about it that just really got the emotions stirring. A lot of cool things happened in that room because, as I said, it was the first screening on the first day. So that meant it was the crazy fans. It was me. And it was people who were exactly like me, who knew exactly why they were going. They wanted to see what would happen, they wanted to see how this would end. Especially after being crushed emotionally by the end of uh, Infinity War, we all just really wanted to see what would happen. But holy smokes, there were so many things where it was as if it was a hive mind. We all were thinking the exact same things, we were all reacting in the exact same ways. And it felt just so reaffirming, reassuring, to be in a room full of nerds, I suppose, to be honest with you. And... I'll go through some of those memorable moments now, so, for example just there were time ty- that was like a stadium that was, there were some moments like, perfect example, one of the best things I've ever seen in a cinema, Captain America catching Mjolnir when I say everyone stood up and cheered like it was a football game, holy crap it was, it was so fun it was so cool to be a part of, just yeah, like just like Oh my god, like, the fact... It's definitely one of those you-have-to-be-there moments... Where it was just pure joy, pure happiness, pure emotion. (laughs) We all knew this would be the last film where you see stuff like Captain America and that. So to see all these really cool fan theories finally come to life... It was just the most amazing thing. And to bounce off of that then... When he says Avengers assemble after all of those guys come out of that portal... We were like a pack of dogs. We were screaming. We were bouncing <laughs> up and down. And it was just the most fun, hilarious thing ever. Because there was the odd person in there who would be like, you know, not a huge Marvel fan, tagging along with the rest. And they'd just be looking at us going, guys, it's just a movie. What are you doing? But, oh, 11 years of emotion just would come out during that film. And that expresses then to stuff like, yeah, Tony Stark snapping his fingers when he gets... When you saw those infinity gems on his hand, everyone was cheering, but you could sense they're like, wait, is he gonna die? Is he, is he he can't survive that? We were worried when he says, I am Iron Man. Like, it's just that's the thing. We were just screaming a lot, it was a lot of screaming, but it was like it wasn't like even like you know i hate noisy people in theaters but it wasn't like that it was very much we were all doing the same thing we were all in the same room the same motion so yeah <laughs> we were we were all on the same wavelength and then when he died uh, I, I probably should have prefaced the start. yeah there's gonna be a, a load of spoilers for different movies in this but when he died everyone was in tears everyone was like i mean not even like like you know wailing or crying or anything like that it was very much one of those things where you're just sitting there sobbing (laughs) I was sitting there sobbing for instance but like um yeah but to have that sort of thing where it's like you felt like you belonged in that room you felt like everyone there knew exactly what they were doing everyone there was so excited to be there and to just have that experience was just it's something that's just been amazing it's something I love more than the film itself and that is something you don't see very often It was an event, it was just, as I said, it was a full stop on one hell of a journey. Also another really funny thing was the fact that, yeah, since we all were nerds and that we all, we were all, as I said, big MCU fans, normally a cinema clears out when the credits start going, everyone stayed in their seat, every single person in that room sat down and waited, we waited through those credits and we just were so excited to see what would be next, would it be Galactus, would it be Kang the Conqueror? who would be the next big badge of the MCU, or would it tease something like X-Men, Fantastic Four, you know, like there were so many possibilities, and then there was no after credit scene, now, I think that was a wise choice, in terms of it left the poignancy, it made sure that it wasn't retracted from by going, oh wait, there's more, but when I say every single person in that room went, ah, oh, at the exact same time, we all just bursted out laughing afterwards because we were just like, we all just knew, we were all like, dang it! <laughs> and yeah, it I, I belonged, I felt like I belonged in that room, it was just funny, it was emotional, it was wild, and I will never have an experience like that in a cinema again. Now, next on the list is John Wick Chapter 3. Now, if you haven't seen John Wick Chapter 3, watch it, it is possibly the single best action movie I have ever seen in my life, the choreography... It's just amazing, like, it's so intricate, like, you're seeing all these guys coming at John Wick, for instance, and he's just killing them all with certain ways, like, throwing knives at them, and using swords, and using horses, and books, and all manner of things. And it's just really fun, and <laughs> it's just a spectacle, I suppose, to behold, just to be able to see Keanu Reeves. He, he This is his magnum opus. He does a really, really good job. It's one of his best performances, in my opinion. Just because, like, you can tell he loves the character, and he wants to do it right. So he really puts us all into it. There's just so many insane things that happens in that movie. But anyways, me and my dad went to see it together because we loved the first two John Wick movies. We love a good action film. We love a good fight scene. And John Wick was different because, as, a, as you all know probably, it doesn't just have the combat. Like, as many of you know, John Wick is just so much more than your average action film. Sure, it has the best action scenes of any action film I've seen, but it also has a compelling character. It has the best world building I've seen in a trilogy in a while like stuff like the continental the high table all these assassins and everything all the rules they are bound by it's just so fascinating to be able to get a glimpse into this world that's so fully fleshed out to give context to the action like because otherwise it would just be a mindless film the fact that you have i suppose stakes and you have meaning behind these fight scenes and that and the motive and stuff it's just it makes it so much more significant and anyways so me and my dad we love the john wick films for that mainly the action, it's 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 really funny, we love just laughing at it, it's just, it's so over the top that it's just hilarious, and that's what made John Wick Tree in cinemas so much fun. So, to give you context, whereas with Endgame, the cinema was packed, with this, there was like six other people, in particular, it looked like there was just father-son duos, I suppose, And there was like, yeah, as I said, so there was like around um, eight of us in the room. And it was uh, much like with Endgame, we were all on the same wavelength. We all wanted to go to see the action and just see what would happen next. We all loved the John Wick movies. And when I say it was basically like being in a big living room with a huge TV, because we were just able to emote. Normally when you're in the cinema, and for good reason, I hate a noisy person or like I I hate people who are really disruptive in cinemas who just take away from the film because they want the attention. But we were able to emotion that cinema. We were able to laugh. We were able to like shout at the screen and stuff like that because we were all doing it. Like we me and my dad weren't the first people to do it. There were people up the back and everything chuckling away as well and stuff like that. And there was nearly like an unwritten, unspoken sort of um connection between us all. So we were very much like okay. We all know what we're doing here. We're going to have a good time. So, the film goes on and we're in bits. I have very few moments in my life where I laugh so hard that I start crying and that my back hurts. <laughs> because oh my god, like that thing, I laughed so hard I nearly paralyzed myself and so did my dad and so did everyone else the other lads in the cinema because yeah as I said we were just like yelling at the screen going come on hit him harder and like you know oh he's behind you and stuff like that and then like there's all these absurd things that happen so like there's one bit where John Wick throws a tomahawk at someone or there's a bit he snaps a guy's neck with a book or he slaps a horse and he sends a guy flying or there's this really really good sword fight for instance as well where it keeps on going on and on and you don't think it's gonna end and then like all this weird funny stuff happens it's just really fun To be able to just have a good old belly laugh and for everyone else in the room to be on the exact same sort of wavelength is just so much fun. And it's one of my favourite memories with my dad because, yeah, it's just... It's just joy. It's just laughter. It is (laughs) bonding over violence, the best way to bond. But, um, yeah, it is just one of the most fun things I've ever done. And it is something now, even when we stick it on DVD on the television, like, in our sitting room and that... It's still the exact same. We still are able to... Do, like, now that we're in a sitting room, we're also able to do stuff like yell at the screen and just, like, laugh at it and just cheer it on and stuff like that. But to be able to do it in a cinema is the next level. It is just... It was just so comfortable. It was so nice. It was just... <laughs> it was just plain cool. Now, the next one. Deadpool. I saw that when I was 14. In cinemas. <laughs> and how did I get in, it was rated 16s, we got in, we, <laughs> but basically, we managed to get into Deadpool, we paid, we paid for the tickets and that, but we managed to get in, despite being 14, um, and it was just so much fun, because, like, <laughs> you know when you sort of feel like, okay, I'm not meant to be here, it was that sort of feeling, you're sitting there, and as people walk in, they're like, they just sort of give you the the look of, like, what are you doing here, <laughs> you're not meant to be in here, and, um, yeah, it was just really funny, to be honest with you, because we all loved Deadpool for different reasons. Like, he has a... There's a video game, and, like, stuff like... There's comics and everything, and he's just appeared in a lot of stuff. Deadpool is just a really cool character, and we were all sort of going, oh, we can't see this movie because, you know, it's rated R. But um, we got in. <laughs> I won't say how, but we, we paid our tickets and we got in. It was one of the most fun film experiences I've had as well, because it was just so over the top. I... That's the thing. I At that point, the only film that was R-rated I had seen was uh, Django Unchained, and that was by accident because it was on TV. <laughs> so to go into a cinema and see one of my favourite comic characters just slashing away and, you know, blood everywhere and all these funny things happening, all these... the jokes. That film is just hilarious. Like, the fort wall breaks. Ryan Reynolds is the perfect actor for him. All that stuff, combined with the feeling of I'm not meant to be here, it was just so funny. It was it, yeah, it just, it felt exhilarating, it was just, <laughs> yeah, it was just a really good time, and it was something that just, like, now, obviously, I can go and see all rated films anytime I like, but <laughs> to be able to get in and to be able to see it when I'm probably not meant to be seeing it, it was just really funny, it was just, yeah, it was just great. Next one, uh, Parasite, that's my favourite film of all time, as I mentioned there, and as many of people who know me know, I want more people to watch Parasite. Hot dang, it's a good movie. And I really, really love everything about it. People get turned off it because of subtitles. But when I say it's one of the best films I've ever seen in cinemas, or best films I've seen full stop, you have to believe me because the only reason I went to see it in cinema was because of the Oscar hype, because of all the news about it, all the people talking about it. I was like, okay, I want to see what this film's like. Sure, it's like subtitles and that, but I want to see what it's like. I saw no trailers, I saw no promotional material, I hadn't even heard of it until the Oscars, to be honest with you, it's probably blasphemous to say, but um, yeah, it was one of those films that I just, I wanted to see, because at that point in time, so this is like the first film I saw proper in 2020, and at that point I'd gone full, you know, movie reviewer type thing, I wanted to be able to write my reviews and stuff like that, and I wanted to see films that people were talking about, and Parasite was one people were talking about, talking about quite a lot in fact, So, I went with a friend to see it, and neither of us knew what it was. We went in blind, and when I tell you, it was the best decision ever to go in blind. It was so cool. Like, we had no idea of the genre, we had no idea of how long it was. We knew it was meant to be good, but, like, was it really going to be good was the question. And, like, especially, as I said, at that point in time, I hadn't watched many foreign language films. I watched Roma, and I really liked it, but, like, that was, like, one film. So... I was very interested in seeing how this went. And I'm probably going to say a bit more about it than I will, like, (laughs) normally. Because normally, as I said, I want people to go into a blind. I want people to watch it for themselves because I want people to experience it the way I did. Because this film does something that not a lot of films can do very well. And that is mutate. It mutates over time. It changes its tone. Out of nowhere, and it works seamlessly. It feels like two films glued together, but that's not even a bad thing. It works so well. It's so well-directed, it's so well-acted, it's so well-written. And, um, yeah, I'll get into why now, because, as I said, we went in blind. We had no idea what the film would be like. So the film starts, it's possibly the funniest dark comedy I have ever seen in my life. To give a synopsis of what happens in the beginning, like, the basic premise is there's a poor family and a rich family, the rich family live in a nice big mansion, the poor family live in a slum. This sounds very commonplace, like you've probably seen this film a million times, you're thinking. And it, this explanation probably won't get much better in terms of one of the members of the poor family. They go up to work for the rich family in the rich house. And you're probably thinking, yeah, I've seen this a million times over. But when I tell you it's so unique, because it, it's just so funny. It's so darkly hilarious. It, because basically, over time, that one member of the poor family... He gets another person from his family into a job up in that house, and another one, and another one, and another one, until they've kicked out every single employee in that house and replaced them, thus the name, you know, Parasite. They became a parasite. They managed to just get into that house, and (laughs) they managed to basically swindle the rich people. They managed to just secretly get all of them to the top, and... The way they do it is just so funny, like, there's this one montage that involves a peach, which is one of the best movie scenes I've ever seen in my life. This one montage gets across so many things, and it's just so hilarious. But then you're wondering, wait, the film's only halfway done. They, they managed to get the end goal, like, they got what they wanted, they're up in the rich house now, what now? Well, you see, there is a different half to the film that completely sweeped me off my feet, because... Yeah, out of nowhere, it turns into the most intense thriller I have ever seen in my life. I legitimately nearly left the cinema to go to the bathroom because I thought it had turned into a horror movie. Because of one singular moment that happens, which I'm probably going to be mentioning in a video sometime soon. One singular moment flips this entirely to, as I said, from dark comedy to just terrifying not even in a horror way in a thriller way where you're like oh god what's gonna happen what are they gonna do oh no everything's going wrong like hot dang it was it (laughs) it floored me it really did floor me and it goes on to a very serious tone where it has a deep dive into all the problems in korea and in general in the world with like you know like class and struggles between the rich and the poor and how rich people are treated over poor people and how rich people even treat the poor and stuff like that And it's really harrowing, it's really, it's a really difficult emotional uh, topic, but they managed to make it so entertaining, and it's just so, so cool. It's just, yeah, as I said, it just completely catches you off guard, like, and that's what I'm saying, so that's one of the only films I've ever went completely blind into, and I think it resulted in one of the best cinema experiences of my life, and that's the thing, I can watch Parasite over and over again. I've watched it like nine times during this quarantine alone. And yet, I will never have that first time, that first watch where I had no idea what was going on. I had no idea what to expect. I had no idea of anything about the movie and everything was a surprise. I try my best to go into cinemas blind. Well, I used to try my best to go into cinemas blind afterwards, but like with the amount of trailers and the amount of promotional stuff, it's impossible to do so. So when one slips through the cracks and ends up being one of the greatest films of all time, in my opinion, you know it's a good film. (laughs) And that makes for a very good cinema experience. Now, I'm going to do one more, and it's Tenet. Now, Tenet was the only other film I saw in 2020 besides Parasite, and it's gotten quite... Infamous for a lot of reasons. I have a review up on my YouTube channel that you can watch if you want to see my full thoughts on the film But yeah, it's a very very confusing movie the first time around it is Incomprehensible there is just so many things between the insane plot the Really difficult to understand like dialogue that goes by really quick the score Which is admittedly amazing except for the fact that it makes certain dialogue inaudible, you know It just it's very very confusing movie And I've watched it a good four or five times at this stage. And I love it. I absolutely love the film. But I did not the first time whatsoever. (laughs) Me and my friends, we went up to that cinema and we went to see Tenet. And it really struck a chord with a lot of us for not the right reasons. It ended up being so much fun, though. Because the cinema was empty. It was just us sitting up at the back. And it was just hilarious. It was genuinely hilarious. We all sit down. We're watching. We're eating our sweets and stuff. And we are just trying to comprehend what is happening in front of our eyes. And we're trying to listen to everything that's being said so we can understand the plot. But when I say a bunch of us just gave up halfway through, we just lost track of everything that was going on. And it was so funny. Like, we started, like, talking. We just started going, what's going on? What What do you mean? What's this? What? You know, like, stuff like that. <laughs> it was just so weird. Because... We were all still trying to understand by the end, but dear God, I wanted to understand that movie. And I just had my head in my hands by the end. It was so funny, because every time you thought you'd understand something, the movie would trip you up, or it would throw a curveball at you. That meant everything you were thinking doesn't work. It it doesn't make sense again. And by the end of the film, my head was in my hands. I legitimately was broken by that movie. And that doesn't sound like a good cinema experience, but oh my God, the bus ride home. (laughs) The bus ride home from Tenet was glorious. We ripped that film to bits. We were trying our best to figure out what was happening. We were theorising as to what everything meant, what on earth was happening... But then it just devolved into just taking the piss out of the film and just very much like going, what on earth does that mean? Like, why did he do this? Why did he do that? And like some of the reverse time effects, they're really impressive, but boy, there's some hilarious like shots where it's like people just getting flung backwards and through doors and stuff like that. It's very funny. But yeah, just being able to rip apart that film on the bus ride home and just, (laughs) I'm laughing about it now. It was just so funny. It was just so fun. And it was everything I loved about going to the cinema with friends. That was the last time I'd been in a cinema. Up until now anyways. And like hopefully in the next few months cinemas open up again. Because it's a fair few films I want to see. But that was the last time I went to the cinema with my friends. At time of recording. And I still hold on to that memory. Very very tightly. Very fondly. Because it was... I don't know. At that point in time during that summer. It felt like things were starting to get back to normal. But this was before another huge spike of Covid. But like that bliss of just going to for the first time in ages going to the cinema with friends you know doing what we do with getting sweets mcdonald's and everything like that going in and then having a good old chat about the film afterwards and riffing it to bits it was just so much fun it was just it was something that i will most definitely want to do again i definitely want to be able to go to the cinema again with friends just so I can have another experience like that. But then again, I don't think a film like Tenet will ever come around again unless Christopher Nolan has something else up his sleeve. But who knows? (laughs) You never know. So yeah, those were some of my favourite cinema moments, and I am so looking forward to making more in the future. I'm so excited to just get back into that big room full of chairs and popcorn, watch a few trailers. That's another thing, I really miss the trailers. I know we have them on YouTube and everything like that, but there's something just different about seeing a trailer for a new film in a cinema and yeah I just I cannot wait to get back I cannot wait to set foot in there with a ticket in hand big rucksack of sweets in the other hand and just watch a film I've been watching films all of quarantine but it hasn't been the same because you don't have that experience of going up on the bus and getting something to eat having a chat and stuff you just that's why I don't like streaming that much I I enjoy streaming but like Like, I enjoy stuff like Netflix and that, and it's very useful. Like, Disney Plus is great. But it doesn't hold a candle to just being there in the moment, in front of that huge screen, surrounded by your friends, watching a movie. Now, one thing that has happened in quarantine, speaking of streaming, is the rise of, yeah, streaming platforms, I suppose. Stuff like Disney Plus, and in particular, HBO Max. Now, I do not know how to feel about HBO Max. I know that there's a big stockpile of films now that need to be released that haven't been released in 2020 because, you know, COVID happening and publishers want to get them out. They want to make something off them. So a lot of them have resorted to, I'm going to use HBO Max as the example because it's the most notable one, putting their films on streaming services instead. Disney Plus even did it with um, Mulan. They did Premier Access, as they called it, where you paid like 30 quid to watch a film. And it was Mulan. It was it was a terrible Mulan remake. Why did they do that? I don't know. But they were testing the water for what HBO Max is doing. Now, HBO Max are doing something quite scary, honestly. I, I don't know how to feel about it. What they're doing is they're releasing movies, not only in theaters, but on the same day they're putting it on that streaming service. Now, I understand why. Because it means people can watch the movies. It means that... The movies get released, and money can be made, at least in some degree. But it is a very big threat to cinemas, because when you think about it... Now, a lot of people would just prefer to sit in and watch a film on a streaming service, and that's perfectly fine. I personally prefer going to the cinema myself. That's the thing. A lot of people, a significant amount of people, would prefer to do it on streaming, because, you know, they don't have to pay for tickets, they don't have to go and buy expensive popcorn, they don't have to leave the house... But that big chunk of people, if that, if they stop going to the cinema as a whole, that could be huge. Like, if this becomes the new norm, cinemas could die. They very much could die, because if people aren't going to the cinemas, and they're not buying stuff, like sweets there, where that's like, I think that's the main income source, is like the overexpensive popcorn and stuff like that. If they're not going to the cinema, cinemas aren't going to be around much longer, because they'll end up closing, jobs will be lost, and just that experience i love so much will be gone and then there's stuff like the fact that hbo max for instance that is only in america now if hbo max was in ireland i honestly would buy it i would definitely buy it because i desperately want to see some of the films on it wonder woman 1984 that came out on hbo max only in america then there's stuff like my most anticipated movie of this year is mortal kombat and because it, it looks amazing. It, it genuinely looks like it could be a good video game movie. I know it's insane, but it could be. It looks really good. It looks really authentic and true to the source material. But that's locked behind HBO Max. Godzilla vs. Kong, another film I was dying to see. It possibly has Mecha Godzilla in it. It looks amazing. That is also locked behind Matrix 4. So many films are stuck on HBO Max when they release. And it's the fact that they're not coming over here. Because like they say oh we'll release some interiors as well theaters aren't open so you can't really but yeah <laughs> I'm I, that's the thing that's this is why I'm doing the podcast because it's very much I go in circles and tangents and stuff like that loop to loops but what I'm getting at is I sort of lost the cinema for a year I don't want to lose it forever I want to be able to go back I want to be able to see films I want to be able to have those experiences with friends and yeah I I just I want. To be able to do that again. I want to be able to enjoy myself. I want things to go back to the way they were. In terms of cinemas and stuff. And I'm very hopeful for it. I am very hopeful for it. We are... At current time of recording this. We're on the way to getting the vaccine. And like... It's being distributed and stuff like that. And... I don't know. I hold hope that... This time next year... I'll be in a cinema. <laughs> but um... Yeah. I don't want them to go away. Because... It's only been a year, and I desperately miss them. But yeah, if I was to end this sort of huge ramble of a podcast, if anyone's still here, I hope I just didn't confuse the hell out of everyone. But um, if you are still here, thanks very much. But if I was to end this on something, it would be, the cinema is great. (laughs) That's been an overarching thing throughout the whole thing. The cinema is something I miss so, so much, and I really, really want to come back. And I know it will come back but only if we don't accidentally kill it in the process. <laughs> and yeah, so I don't know how to end the podcast. <laughs> the cinema is great. That, that's apparent from what I'm saying anyways. That's my belief. And I desperately want it to come back. I don't want them to go away. I don't want to be stuck with just streaming and stuff like that. I want to be able to have those experiences with friends again. And we will. We will. And with that, ladies and gents, I'm going to end it here. Now, this is obviously the first episode, so it's going to be right shaky, and I'm even listening to what I'm saying as I go along, and oh my god, I'm rambling so much. But then again, that's what this podcast is sort of for. It's something you can probably stick on in the background or something, maybe. You're just going to hear me yap away and just go in circles and talk about movies and the cinema and everything like that. But, um, that's what I'm here for. I'm here to just be that white noise in the back of your head, I suppose. And who knows, I might that little white noise might convince you to go and see Parasite, maybe. (laughs) But, um, yeah, this was really fun. I've been sitting here for an hour. That's what I'm saying, they go on for like an hour. I don't know how long this podcast is going to be, but it was very fun. My plan is, as of now anyways, to try and do an episode once, you know, maybe a week, maybe two weeks, because I have another podcast, obviously, I'm very dedicated to. And um this is just a little side thing for me. But um yeah, I hope to do big things with this. I hope to be able to eventually get guests, maybe have lists and like one thing in particular I want to just talk about maybe like there's a singular film I saw in a week. Like I do Film Society in uh college, well, over Zoom, and we watch a new film every week and there's so many films I just hadn't seen before that I was meaning on seeing, so who knows, I might just do a big ramble about them or something like that. But um yeah. Hopefully there's a bit of a bright future for this, even if it is just my weird little side gig. But, um, yeah, I don't know how to end this. <laughs> That's another thing. Normally someone else ends the podcast for me. Um, Yeah, thanks so much for listening in, and I hope to see you next time. Bye.